Welcome to the Digital Marketing Insights Podcast, brought to you by Brightside Digital. Hi everyone, welcome to the show. I'm delighted to say today we have Clara, who's an entertainer, content creator and social media consultant. How are you doing, Clara? Hi, Tom. I'm very happy to be here. I'm very happy you are here. Uh, Clara, can we start off by you telling everyone your backstory and your career to date, please? Okay, so I will try not to waffle. That can be a problem of mine sometimes. Um, primarily, I'm an entertainer and I create social media content. And I've worked as an actress and a musician for over 20 years. So I'm showing my age. And um, as an entertainer, I have acted on stage. I have sang at burlesque and cabaret gigs. At the moment, I'm doing voiceover things in a cartoon on RT called Royals Next Door. But through the arts, um, I've always had an interest in using social media to get myself out there and to connect and engage with different types of people, to get work and just, I love engaging with people. And then um, I studied social media and digital marketing at the Irish Computer Society a few years ago. And my initial aim was to create social media content for other people that are in the arts. Um, but then a lot of them don't really have money. And for companies that are in the arts and the entertainment world. And most of my clients have been um, arts festivals. I also work at the moment, I've just started working for Meadow part-time as a product experience specialist. And that is mainly VR. So that's with the MetaQuest 2 and Ray-Ban Stories. And recently with that, we were at the BT Young Scientist exhibition. Um, and uh, I do a little bit of consultancy. That's something I fell into and I wanna do more of that this year. I'm passionate about showing people how to get out there. There's some people, they're not very com com comfortable, I suppose, speaking on camera. Um, so I wanna show other people how to show themselves in the best light, how to edit themselves easily and put themselves out there. And uh, I think that's most of really what I do. Oh yeah, I make a little bit of money on my own social media. I hate the word influencer because it can be a bit of a dirty word the last while, but I'm quite niche in what I do. And I like to think of myself as being very genuine with the companies that I do campaigns with. And I fell into UGC work as well. Love it. And yeah, no, I'm thoroughly impressed by you, Clara. And uh, yeah, I'm really looking forward to diving in a bit more. I suppose let's start from the first thing you kind of touched on there, which is your festival work. So really, how difficult, what's the difficulties and what's the best ways of marketing events? Because they have a finite time, you have to build that momentum. How do you market an event? How do you market an event? Ah, that is such a loaded question. So in 2021, um, I was with St. Patrick's Festival. I was their social media marketing executive. And that year, everything was just online. So they had St. Patrick's Festival TV and um, they partnered with TikTok. And TikTok was actually huge for us um, for the reach. And I don't know, some of your listeners might think that TikTok is still a younger audience. I was in a meeting with somebody today about a potential campaign and they were saying, oh, TikTok, they're in their 30s. And they said, TikTok, it's still just all dancing. Is I don't know if that will work for us. And I was like, not at all. TikTok now is 
every age. And of course, there's in-feed ads on TikTok as well. You can boost your ad to get it out there into different for you pages, as it's called in TikTok. But what works on TikTok is ads that don't look like ads. It needs to seem very organic. Um, some people still try to market their events just through Facebook events. I mean, the event pages, you have to think about it a lot more than that. Really good point. And so tell me how you could leverage a TikTok campaign and apply it to an event, I suppose. So, to me, a huge thing about promoting an event or a festival, it's all about the experience. You have to show the experience to people. And it's all about feeling and emotion. And it's all about them. You need to make it about them, the viewer or the listener. That's brilliant. That's really well said. And obviously you have an eye for content. So when you say experience, like what do you think resonates well? Because let's say we're, we're talking it two different ways. Let's say you were doing an event where there was previous yeah. events. So you did have some kind of content and what kind of content would you focus on there? And the second one is, let's say it was a new festival, a new work. How would you go about driving up that kind of content and that experience feel? Yeah, so I, I've had to do that for some arts festivals and um, some events companies. And it can be hard because they might not really have content that will work in the climate that exists right now, if that makes sense. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? So you have to kind of incorporate it with other content. Um, with Bloomsday Festival last year, I did um, a brainstorming session with them when I went in about, you know, this is these are the assets we have at the moment. This is what we can do with them. This is the type of content we can push going forward. And sometimes you have to really think outside the box. So if it's a festival, say like St. Patrick's Festival or Bloomsday Festival, people might have ideas in their head. I'm not saying specifically those ones that they're quite traditional or they're not modern. And you need to think, how can we bring this to the masses with, with it still being kind of, I suppose, authentic? Do you know what I mean? Yeah, of course. Like you don't want to just randomly, you know, like think, okay, we'll do TikTok. And again, think it's just all about dances. It needs to kind of be what will work, you know? So you could do like a video, five facts that people don't know about such and such a festival misconceptions or you know that sort of way to try break down the misconceptions and would you pull in kind of micro influencers to such campaigns as well would you oh yeah we we did that with st patrick's festival now i wasn't there last year but in 2021 um myself and anna taylor who was the head of digital we brought in some different now they weren't all they weren't necessarily like famous tiktokers they were influencer types and actors we knew that could create good content and because we knew that the organic reach on TikTok at that time was very good, it's not as good as what it was. You can still, you know, do different things. The first two to three seconds are so important, you know, to catch attention. And we worked with a great team and we did content days where we batch created content and we put that out. Love it. And so how, how what was the success of the campaign? Did you feel like you hit the goals you were looking for? Was there any KPIs you felt you needed to hit? Uh, yeah. Do you know what? I can't think of all the figures offhand, but I do feel like they were, they were really pleased. Clara, obviously you do a lot of work. You said yourself there and, and you do a lot of your own user-generated content as well. Can you give us 
a little bit more of an idea of how you your creative process and maybe some of the angles what what's asked you from time to time and and how you make it your own um again um i probably mentioned this already i feel like things need to be authentic and they shouldn't look ad like there's a lot of infeeds infeed ads now on tiktok very similar to the way meta has gone um so i had cancer three years ago i was starting to go through chemotherapy and i documented my whole journey back to health and through that i was being gifted a lot of free beauty products and um, makeup products and I didn't really want, want to monetize that end of things because it was helping other women but when I came through the other side I was still doing a lot of vlogs out and about videos and um, I had different local food companies give me free vouchers and um, some of them wanted to repost did I have a repost fee or then they were offering me vouchers in return for making more video ads but Again, I don't really like them to look like ads, if that makes sense. Um, I did yeah. a campaign with Ballet Ireland where I um, vlogged my experience of going to the rehearsals and did a review, that sort of thing. Um, but for me, it's being very authentic. So I feel like when businesses um, look to work with different influencers, not just to look at their the amount of followers, I think they need to think about their own niche and who will work for them. And it's yeah. it's more about engagement than, um, you know, the followers. For, for definite, there's a lot of people that have bought followers, bought views, bought likes. Completely. And I think you've, you've hit the nail on the head. It's, 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 it is all about that authenticity and, and understanding yeah. your tribe and bringing people into your own ones. Um, in terms of software, Clara, is there any softwares that you use daily that really enhance your role? Ooh, okay. Uh, Meta Business Suite, obviously for scheduling. I'm not really a fan of Hootsuite or any of them. Um, for creating content, um, I was a big fan of everything Adobe, but I've moved more for content creation on social media into CapCut. I think CapCut's absolutely amazing. InShot for the paid version is only $9.99 a year. It's great for uh, resizing everything, repurposing and there's so many different things you can do in there, like editing tricks. Um, it, it's amazing. Get CapCut if you haven't used it and just play around with it. Um, I'm trying to think what else um, that I use on a daily basis. Canva Pro, um, which I feel is so bad because I was somebody who was self-taught at graphic design. Um, and if you're working with a team of other people, a social media team, it can be hard if one person is, you know, a Photoshop person and they're sending the other person on PSD files. But I think Canva and Canva Teams is very, very handy. Really well said. I'm trying to think what else, because th there's so many things I could talk about. And I don't know if you've had anybody on recently talking about chat GBT. No, but I'm an active user and I would love you to talk about Yeah, You yeah. are. Okay. I'm quite a baby when it comes to it. I've only started using it in the last week. And... I wouldn't really be into just fully writing a script through it. But obviously, you, you know yourself, you're a proper user, yeah? Yeah, but uh, I use WriteSonic, which is a, an offset of ChatGPT. So it's like a paid version. Yeah. Um, so I use it from a point of it. it's it's great for digital marketing. It's filtered out a lot yes. of bugs. Yes. It's, it's the new version. So it's like the 4.0, whereas ChatGPT is 3.0. So 
yeah, it's it's like ahead of the curve a little bit. But yeah, I'd thoroughly recommend it. So I've only started messing around with it. But what I find good is just helping me if I have a script for something and I'm stuck with an opener or one line and to just keep regenerating different ideas, you know? Yeah. and It's like, it's like yeah. Yeah, there's uh, in in Write Sonic there's a specific area which is script writing, so they've kind of filled it filtered out the the kind of you know the the filtering process you do of like asking questions on ChatGPT and tell me more about this or can you give me some yes. more examples and stuff because it's almost like a chat um, the way when you're producing the content. Let's say you said give me ten Instagram posts around so and so, and then you don't like those ten, you can just say. Can I have 10 more, please? And it'll send another. Yes. And so Write Sonic kind of knows the purpose from the off. So it knows it's an Instagram post captions section. And so you click that section and it will produce your topic and your area and your keywords or your content. So um yeah, it like like you say with the script writing, it's a perfect example of yeah, you can produce really good scripts out of it. Yeah, and I'm just trying to think of other tools that I use. I don't know. I think everything is kind of um, becoming a lot more simpler than it used to be. Even for me, filming and taking photographs for content, um, I have my Canon cameras. And I, I find, like, Samsung phones the last few years, you know, they're amazing. Yeah. You know, I'm a Samsung person, not an iPhone. I'm so sorry. No, you're right. But the camera quality you're saying in particular is... yeah. 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 So everything's more accessible for people. Yeah. Exactly. Exactly. So, so you're at the point, especially in your career, where you're utilizing a lot of the things around you, your content. You're an excellent uh, presenter. You've got a great following. Um, what interests me when you were speaking about what you've done earlier is you're working in VR with Meta at the moment. H- how's that working? Yes. So t- tell me a bit about that. Oh, well, this is quite a new thing. So I don't like to talk about it too much, but I do know that everything in regards to VR is massively going to take off, you know. Um, Myself and one of my best friends who I've worked alongside during different social media campaigns, Robert O'Connor, we're both on the Irish team. There's only three of us at the moment. And um, our first gig was at the BT Young Scientist Exhibition. And it was just amazing um, seeing people's faces after they take off the headset for the first time and you're like, welcome back, you know? Um, It was also quite surprising because obviously there's a lot of teenagers at that event. A lot of them actually had tried Quest before, you know? So it was mostly the adults, I suppose, that were surprised. And like, uh, how how do you get involved with the creation of it? How does does a developer create on VR and how do you interaction with so i'm i'm basically just a facilitator um in the last few years on and off i've worked part-time in meta at their different events their different seminars on social media away from your strengths clara uh, is there anywhere you're looking to upskill and why i i don't know i feel like i'm always looking to upskill um i'm doing a course at the moment called thrive and it's basically an entrepreneur course um and i feel a strength about myself is I'm I'm willing to adapt all the time because it's such an ever-changing industry, you know? And even as I was saying to you about ChatGBT, I know very little about it. I'm only messing around with it this week. But there are some people that are quite stuck in their ways in the marketing world and in, specifically the social media marketing world, you know? And I think it's ever-changing and we need to be 
researching every week what are the changes where is this going you know and don't be left behind yeah yeah completely agree completely agree with that is that the thing that excites you the most in the industry at the moment is it the the ai side of things or vr <sighs> oh it's it's absolutely everything and um even the influencer end of things i think there has been backlash the last few years and now anybody can be an influencer as i don't mean i'm not talking about the famous end of things i mean it it, it is more now about niches and about you know targeting people on a real level um, and i prefer that i think there's room for everybody if somebody's listening and they think oh you know what i have a passion for this thing you know, say it's something very specific, like 1980s comic books. There's a niche for somebody doing that. Do you know what I mean? Like book talk is huge. There's all these things, you know? Yeah, yeah. And yeah, there's, I think there would be a huge niche for 1980s comic books at the moment. <laughs> that was just the top of my head, far too much caffeine. I have a lot of entertainer friends that are actually very disturbed and worried about the way I, AI is going. And I don't know, I, I just feel they're going to get left behind because... And um, I was speaking to one of my songwriter friends about it and I said, oh, I tried to write a song, tried to write lyrics. And I was, you know, giving it different prompts Um, no, change this verse, add more metaphors, do this, do that. And it wasn't fully working for me. But what does work for me when I think about it is let AI work alongside you or you work alongside alongside AI. Help it facilitate, facilitate your idea. Far too much coffee. I'm so, so sorry. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? Like help it facilitate what you're trying to get out there. Yeah, definitely, definitely. And just to, to wrap up on this side of thing, is there anywhere where you go for new information or new insights on, on digital in general? Not really, a little bit of everything. I mean, I look a lot through LinkedIn, different articles people are posting there. Um, I shouldn't admit this, but I'm a huge fan of Gary Vee for years. That's why I originally jumped on TikTok. Brilliant, he inspired you to get on TikTok. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I'm a huge yeah. fan. Have you got are you a fee friend member? No. <laughs> Give it time. Give it time. Yeah. And uh lastly, Clara, we always ask on the show if you could bottle up one personality trait that you have yourself that you could pass on to others, what would it be? Um adaptability, as I was saying before. Yeah. Love it. Yeah. Brilliant way to end the show. Clara, if anyone wants to touch base with you, maybe wants to touch base with you from a social media point of view or some work? Um, I usually say to people just to Google me. So my name is Clara with a K, McDonnell. And if you Google me, everything comes up there. Love it. That's it. Thanks so much for being part of this show, Clara. And thank you everyone for listening. Thank you so much, Tom. Thanks a million. <laughs> <laughs>